Welcome back, everybody, to the Into the Light podcast. We are so happy that you're here with us for our Banter with Bray episode about Maddie and the lessons that we learned from her, because we absolutely loved the episode that we recorded with Maddie. Yeah, she's pretty dope. And she's going on a mission soon. Yes. So that's super exciting. Shout out to the missionaries. Also, can we just say like how refreshing it was, again, to touch on pornography? Yeah, I agree. It's been a while since we've talked about it, but it's kind of like the start of our podcast, you know, mm-hmm. to circle back to it and have some new ideas and thoughts was really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So we had three or four things that we wanted to talk about that we pulled from Maddie's episode and the wisdom that she shared with us. I also have a quote that I want to share at the very end of this episode that's freaking fire. Freaking fire. I actually have referred to that when talking to multiple friends about addiction and not just pornography, but addiction in general. Addiction in general, sin in general is war. Okay, I'm going to pull it up right now since we're talking about it. So for those of you that, okay, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to Maddie's episode yet, this is episode 48. Just go back one episode and listen to Maddie's story. It's amazing. But on it, she shared this text that her dad had sent to her brother when her brother was struggling with a pornography addiction. And I want to read it again because it's incredible. He says, there is only war. There is no peace. There is only war. I believe in serenity, stillness, civility, and tranquility, but not peace. Peace, when defined as the absence of conflict or war, is a myth, an imposter, a lie. It is a false god we've been taught to worship by pansies and evildoers. There is only war. I believe in winning, but not victory. There is no ultimate or final victory, at least not in this life. And candidly, the next life seems less attractive if the concept of a final victory exists. But I'll leave that to a much wiser general than me. My heaven is Valhalla. There is only war. But how can there be only war? What about surrender? There is no peace through surrender. Surrender is simply one's decision to declare war on themselves. The war continues after surrender. It gets more costly, futile, and painful. There's only war. I want to celebrate winning with you and honor every day of your fight. I want to be yoked together in this war. Whether you've won or lost in any particular battle on any particular day doesn't matter to me at all. I want us to be fueled by the brotherhood that comes from going to war together. I want to be bloodied, exhausted, humbled, and yet undeterred from the path, the war path. There is only war. I'll leave it at that. There's a little bit more to it, but I think that's so powerful. Not only the principle, there is only war, but I think this whole principle is the way he he wrote that reminds me of how I feel like our Heavenly Father would talk to us if he was here and he was like, this is what you're dealing with. Like, let me go to war with you. Because there is only war while we're here. I think that's really cool, though. He talks, he says, fueled with the brotherhood, something like that. Yeah. And I think that's so cool because we are, we are on this earth. Satan is in this war with us. But not only do we have God in Christ, but we have actual angels and people around us who their unity and their love 
the body of Christ, which is his people and his church, are supposed to be there with us fighting. And, and that's why I think it's so important to have those trusted friends and people around you to be able to go to to help you fight. And I think that's part of the, the addiction recovery, what is it called, 12 steps, mm-hmm. is they talk about like being accountable to somebody. Mm-hmm. Because when, when you have it out there and when you're vulnerable to somebody else about the situation, it helps, it helps battling every day become a little easier. Because you not only have powerful people who are with you, who don't have bodies right now, or aren't with us, let's say that, but you have friends and trusted people that you can go to. And let's, let's riff on vulnerability for a second, because that was something else that I was so impressed with Maddie, is she had this prompting in her life to start a podcast about helping women with their struggle with pornography. And it's not like she's someone that's been sober for eight years. It's like, no, I'm working on myself too right now. And I've relapsed somewhat recently, mm-hmm. but that's okay because I'm facing God yeah. and I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys. Like if I mess up, I mess up, mm-hmm. but we're going to help each other through this. Yeah. And me and Aaron were talk- talking before this, like relapse is not a failure. If anything, it, it means that you still care to be in the fight. You know, you still care to want to fight against Satan. Mm-hmm. And you still have that desire to be like, all right, let's go. Yep. One more time. I got this. I did it one time. Let's do it again. Exactly. But going along with that, with relapse. Yes. Repentance is a process. So I think oftentimes, especially, I know I had this idea when I was going through my own pornography addiction. It was like, yo, when I talk to my mission president and I confess that, you know, I have struggled with watching pornography and masturbating for the last however many years. After that, you feel so good. You're like, boom, I've repented. Like, it's all good now. Yeah. And just wait, you lift it up. Yeah. Which, it's so good that you feel that way. And I know Maddie talks about how she walked out of the bishop's office outside, and she's like, the sky was blue, but it was bluer. The grass was green, but it was greener. Like, she just felt the spirit so strongly. Mm-hmm. And that is not repentance, but the beginning of a true repentance and a true conversion to, to God. Yeah. A thousand percent. I think, I think first of all, I know when I've been to the bishop before, my bishop told me the first step, like, he wasn't there to just, like, rip on me and to be like, what you've done is so horrible. He's like, I already know you know that. that You know, like, you've already done that to you, to yourself. I don't need to do that to you. Mm -hmm. You are here, and you being here just shows how much you love God. And that is so beautiful. Because why would I be telling this guy all this, all these things if I didn't really truly love God and care more about my relationship with him than man or yeah. the judgments of man? I want to talk a little bit about the character of God right there too because I think it's so powerful to have a representative of Jesus Christ in an ecclesiastical leader like a bishop or like a stake president or like a mission president where you go to him and... If you've done something wrong, especially like a sexual sin that's so taboo and there's so much shame wrapped around it, you're going in there and Satan's telling you the whole time, this man is going to be so disappointed in you. This man is going to reject you as a member of the church. He's going to ask you to not partake of the sacrament for a year. And everyone's going to know what you did and everyone's going to shame you. Mm -hmm. And this church is not a place for you. And then you go in there and Bishop is like, thank you. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for being real. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being a true disciple and humbling yourself and drawing near to me. It's just like in the story of the prodigal son. 
the father never once hesitated to welcome the son back. He never once shamed him for going off and leaving. He didn't even reprimand him. He's like, thank you for coming back. He had the discernment to know that his heart was in the right place. And when you go to bishop or when you go to your stake president or mission president on your own free will and choice, your heart's in the right place. And your ecclesiastical leader is going to recognize that. And more than anything, your heavenly father recognizes that. And that is what's important. That's beautiful. And and that's not to say that those those situations with bishops don't happen, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Imperfect people, for sure. Imperfect people. However, just think about a perfect situation where you would be talking to your father in heaven about your sin or your issue that you're going through. Just think of the most perfect situation. And and that is mercy. Mm -hmm. That is love. And that is on the road to repentance. And I think if, you, if you've been through something like this and you look back on the person that you were, like I just had a conversation with my little brother the other day where I was talking about, you know, this was my life before this big repentance process that I went through and this is my life after. And it's like night and day. If I somehow was able to go back and talk to my 15-year-old self or even my 18-year-old self, and, I, and just thinking about how I would feel about that person, there is nothing but love. Yeah. Nothing but love and compassion. Well, and think about that too. You, your, your 22-year-old self talks to your 15-year-old self, but think about if it happens again and your 30-year-old self looks back and talks to your 22-year-old self with mm-hmm. the same compassion. Mm-hmm. And so if relapse is something that you're dealing with, you're not failing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're using repentance and you're using guilt. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's so beautiful that Heavenly Father, if you put yourself in that imaginary situation of going back in time and meeting your past self, it's so beautiful that your Father in Heaven can give you a glimpse of His love mm-hmm. through yourself That's to yourself. Awesome. I love that. That's awesome. I have, I have a quote that I want to share to finish, if that's okay. Share it. Do you have it? Okay, yeah, it's right here. This is from one of the best talks ever. It's called Stand Forever by Lawrence E. Corbridge. And if any of you haven't listened to this, please listen to it because he's an excellent orator and just the way that he delivers his message is incredible. But there's two paragraphs here that relate so well to addiction and just conversion in general. And they're, it's really strong words. I wanted to share it. He starts out and he says, Of all the problems you encounter in this life... There is one that towers above them all, and it is the least understood. The worst of all human conditions in this life is not poverty, sickness, loneliness, abuse, or war, as awful as those conditions are. The worst of all human conditions is the most common. It is to die. It is to die spiritually. It is to be separated from the presence of God, and in this life, his presence is his spirit or power. That is the worst. Conversely, the best of all human conditions in this life is not wealth, fame, prestige, good health, the honors of men, security, or even, dare I say it, good grades. As wonderful as some of those things are, the best of all human conditions is to be endowed with heavenly power. It is to be born again, to have the gift and companionship of the Holy Ghost, which is the source of knowledge, revelation, strength, clarity, love, joy, peace, hope, confidence, faith, and almost every other good thing. Jesus said, 
The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, shall teach you all things. It is the power by which we may know the truth of all things. It will show us all things we should do. It is the fountain of living water that springs up unto eternal life. And I think it's so powerful to think of our lives as this constant story and journey of drawing near unto God. And these things like pornography and masturbation or anything like that, those are things that take us away from God. Those are the things that draw us to spiritual death, which is the worst of all human conditions. And everything we do in this church is to draw near unto God and to have the Spirit in our lives. And so if you're confessing to your bishop, if you're in that repentance process, just know that your spiritual horizons and capacities are going to be expanded exponentially as you draw near and near unto Heavenly Father. And that's just amazing. God is limitless. He can always understand how we're feeling, yet he can always help us understand him perfectly. You know, and you're never going to understand him perfectly. But you're going to understand him perfectly in that moment so that you have that desire to come near mm-hmm. to him. Because that's, that's, a, that's a constant feeling that you want to have. And... And it, when you feel like you're not close to God, you're like, how do I get that back? Mm-hmm. What can I do to get that back? Because it's just like ripping your heart out. Like, I miss my I miss my father. Can I share a story real quick about you? So, <laughs> story time real quick. But this just popped into my head, so I know I should share it. There's, there's a time, I, I've shared this actually before on the podcast, but like last October, this is October 2022, like forever ago, holy cow. I was going through a really rough time. And I remember I was sitting in Bray's car one time and I'm just like, Bray, I do not feel very close to God right now. Or maybe we were sitting in the library. I think we were sitting in the library and I was like, I'm not going to lie. Like the last few weeks have just sucked. And I just feel like I'm not close to God. Like I'm not feeling the spirit very often. Bray looked at me and she like slapped the table like she always does. And she's gesticulating with her hands and she's like, bro, if you don't feel close to God, then get close to him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like all it takes is that first step and going off of what you just said, like there is no limit to how much you can feel the depths of God's love towards you as you continually draw near unto him and develop that relationship with him. And I can't think of a more happy truth than that right there. That's so true. That is so true. In everything in your life, not just in, in everything. I love yeah. that. Wow, that was so cool. God is love. <laughs> God is love. And God is good. And he loves us. And he loves you. And I love him. And Bray loves him. And so do I. <laughs> and we love you guys. There's just love everywhere. Hey. And we love JoJo for our milkshakes that he brought in during this episode. (laughs) Hey, catch us next week for episode 49. We love you guys.